Okay, wait, I've got an idea. I don't. A thousand points to whoever says the intro with the biggest belch. I don't remember the intro. You see, here's my problem. You getting the intro Welcome slightly wrong. You getting the intro slightly wrong every time is your intro. All right. All right. Wait, how do I know when you like that? <sighs> I only had about half. <laughs> Welcome to King of the World, Chad. Where the points don't matter and neither does the rest of the shit. <laughs> There's a king of the world chat where the points are made up and the belches don't matter. Drink soda long enough, Lee. <laughs> it's just burned a <laughs> hole in your... Your system is just full of holes. <laughs> we can't keep ripping off whose line is it anyway. Like... Who's ripping off on. whose line is it anyways? I never thought baking grease in a milkshake would be delicious. Exactly. They don't die! Like, and then you're like... You can't do this! It's like, I don't You can't get ye flask! Wow. What the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> it's like it's like one of those uh, exhaust pipes that's had like holes drilled in it. Like, or whose lines anyway? That's not a rip off. It was a rip off. It's not a nip off. It's not a, a, a knock off. It's not a it's rip a knock. Fuck. Like we're not getting away with something here. That's not true. To yeah. any lawyers who no, might no, be listening, just, like, LeBron James tried to own Taco Tuesday. Yeah, what the fuck? I just feel like we should be trying to make a real intro. Before we go any further, I want to say a big yeah. shout out to Ashburn in the United States. We don't know if it's Georgia or Virginia, but you know who you are. We know you're out there and you should comment on the YouTube video. That way we know whether it's Georgia or Virginia, Ashburn, even if you don't. Thanks, Ashburn. Thanks, Ashburn. Indeed. Ashes don't burn either. The ashes are what's left after you burn. No, you can burn them. They just turn to glass, I thought. Hold on. It looks like your <laughs> video is frozen up. Is that just my side? Uh, actually, that's that's IHOP. No, my video on your stream. Big Bacon Temptation. I don't know what was going on there. Move real quick. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Is it Funky Jam Dance Party? Funky Jam Dance Party, better known as King of the World Chat. Funky Jam Dance Party. Okay, yep, there we go. That's episode four. 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 Available on all the places the with podcasts. Available on all the places with podcasts and YouTube. And I actually don't know where all those places are. Do you podcast? Well, you podcast, but have you ever listened uh, to a podcast? Not recently, man. Recently, what's the only podcast you ever listened to? I tried, uh, actually, I listen to the Variant Comic podcast. Oh, the guy with, um... Yeah, with Ares Kionis, dude. I like watching Variant Comics. Was that the same that. YouTube channel you showed me several weeks ago? Yeah, where we were watching all the superhero stuff? Yeah. Uh, hey, looky there. You already had one as well. Had one what? Bacon Temptation Omelette. Remember when we went to, uh, Denny's a long time ago? And you got oh, the, uh... The bacon Sunday, the bacon milkshake. Yes. Oh yes, bacon milkshake, bacon Sunday. Somebody else ordered one of those. Was it Cody? Hash browns. We had bacon everything, but yeah. I think you and Cody both ordered the bacon milkshake. Oh, dude, the bacon milkshake was delicious. Cause, dude, I never thought bacon grease in a milkshake would be delicious. And Man. I know that's the most American thing ever. Just give me a straw and I'm gonna drink at the tub of grease. <laughs> When we lived together, I used to keep the bacon grease in a... Yeah, dude, it's great to cook with. It was. Oh, bacon grease. It oh, would I also know. have done us well even further back in our past. 
to uh, grease up the window so it wouldn't have made so much noise mm. when we would sneak out. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Which we did a lot. Oh, yeah. Like a lot. Yep. <laughs> it was a choice that we mm -hmm. made. Every for, time. For freedom. First time we attempted it, we went to a building close by and we used their vending machines. Yeah, they the had a vending machine that was outside. It was a test run. We just wanted mm -hmm. to see if we could get out of the house. And we had to cross its face. That was the big deal, was crossing the face of the house. Like our, so our window was on what would have been like the far left side of the house if you were facing it from the front. Mm -hmm. And the direction we went, when he says across the face is, we went through the front yard and we went to this building to go that had a soda machine outside. We went and got a soda. We stayed out there for a minute. We came back in and out like a fast food restaurant. Indeed. What was the code word for when we were, when we were getting picked up at the church? Oh. We, we did the, uh... Wait, we had a code word? Yeah. Was it like... Was it me at the bar? No. No. You were, you have to remember that. We sent so many text messages because sometimes we would just send that word to like Woody or somebody. And they just say, okay. And then like, you know, we'd, we'd go there and we got picked up. What was it was probably just the church. I think it probably was church. You remember the knot hole, the tree that had the knot hole in it? We had a handle of whiskey in there and came back like for three weeks. That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Three weekends we came back and polished that handle off. That was you and your friends. Me and my friends? Yeah. Liam, that was our handle of whiskey. We hit a handle of whiskey in the tree? In that knot hole, remember? You remember Dude, I usually you... left my alcohol at people's houses. No, nah, this is when me and you bought. Okay. Because I, I remember doubt like it. one of the first times me and you bought alcohol together. Minus the Coronas. Well, y'all bought those. but That was one of my friends at Jason's Deli. Back in the day. God, that's Sunday. That we're so old. That's yeah. ten plus years ago. But it was a decision that we made. It was arguably, well, my mom would say, our mom would say, is not a good one, but it's one that we made yeah. for choice and yep. for freedom and for fun. Because you got to fight for yep. your right to sneak outside and party and bullshit. Oh, man, freaking good times, man. Good times. Mostly. Mostly. I wish we could go into some of, the, some of the stories, but nah. We could. There's a bunch of them. That's the problem. Yeah, I know that is the problem, but like... We had a neighbor that was on our uh, side of the house. They had two dogs. Two dogs. Yep, two dogs. That would always be outside at nighttime. Oh, yes. And without fail, pretty much, they would always bark at us because what we would try to do eventually was we would not try to cross the face of the house. Like my brother said, because sometimes my mom would sleep on the couch. Yeah. And there was big open window bay windows in uh, our living room that you would very easily be able to see us outside, even on like sl slightly lit nights. So we had oh, to go the other way. Full moon. You had to like, yeah, you had to be careful. You remember the time when, uh, well, you were already out somewhere and um, I had snuck out later on and I basically got <laughs> pinned down in the front yard <laughs> at the end of the yeah. driveway. Yeah. And my mom oh, turned on the light and came outside on the porch. 
<laughs> and I got down under the car and the dogs, the neighbor's dogs were halfway in our yard barking at me, which is what prompted my mom to come outside. And I was under my car in the driveway <laughs> and it was so loud and it made so much noise for some reason. It was like, hey, you have to come back. And then you just showed up. I didn't yep. even see anybody like, I don't know where they dropped you off. They dropped but, me off down at the building. But when I saw you were under the car, you just the gave away what I just, I gotta I just cut that part over. out. It was good times. It was good times. The neighbor guy was pretty cool because he'd call the dogs back with a flashlight every once he in a while. He would. All he would do is come outside and turn on the flashlight and the dogs would instantly come back home and stop barking, which he yep. definitely did as a bro move yeah. to help us to get out of trouble sometimes. Yeah, it's just how it goes sometimes, bro. Really I lost nice. a good Batman hat one time. Yep. I lost a Mountain Dew hat out of the back of Cody's truck. Those dogs, sometimes they would start barking as soon as we opened the window. Oh, yeah. And they'd they be did. right there, like, the whole... They wouldn't come up to the window. They wouldn't come up to us in our own yard, which is what was weird when I was across the house in the driveway and they came halfway into the yard. Because they wouldn't come up into our yard and they wouldn't get aggressive with you unless you were actually in their yard. But, dude, but because most of the time we ignored them. And, like, if you ignore the dog, it doesn't doesn't feel like it's doing much. But sometimes we would, our window was squeaky. When we go to open it up, they would be at the end of their yard right next to our window barking at us the whole time. And then we sometimes... cover the window. Sometimes they would wait until we were, like, halfway across their yard... Before they would come out after you. It always made for an exciting... It was an adrenaline rush. Because you knew you had to cross the dogs. Like What really sucked is when you were coming back in and the dogs would show up. That no, always it. seemed way more like... Because you never knew. It's like, dude, I expect that door to just open. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And sometimes I don't know how we got in. Lots of, lots of time, Especially with the number of times. Oh, that, yeah. Even in a couple storms. No, oh, all kinds of conditions, pretty yeah. much. Yep, even snow, which is very rare out here. At least it used to be. And essentially, we were just going out so we could hang out longer and do, or, you know. And then it was this, like, sense of when you were outside, not that you should, no one should, listen, we don't endorse. Or condone. It, yes. We made our choices. We were kids, but that was, it was just a different time. But man, when you were outside at night and your parents didn't know where you were, you felt like you free. Yeah, you felt like Are you any, <laughs> yeah, like like you could do like like whatever. I could do whatever the hell I want. And I honestly, in multiple situations, was more afraid of dad finding out about that than I was of the police. Welcome past the skip. <laughs> We're working on some bits that are um, going to be for the podcast. 16, 32, 64. That's, that's going to be that series. With 8-bit production value. That's, that's more work than what we want to do. Well, I mean, it's not going to look like 8-bit. Like, but yeah, dude, like I, that's, that's not... I just simple. meant it's going to be low production value. <laughs> Yeah, that's because we're scrubs. Yeah, scrubs got scrub, you know. Well, we got the... uh, Well. What in God's green earth did you just do? (laughs) Hang on a second. Catastrophe. Uh, When I hit... See, that's what I'm telling you about that stand being broken, bro. 
Uh, I have no idea where it's at, dude. I gotta fix this shit. Eh, it's fine, whatever. It looks pretty close to where you're usually up. I just wish the sun was more consistent. It's so bipolar today. Well, that's why you need light that isn't the sun. Yeah, fuck the sun. The moon's way better. You can look at it all day and it doesn't burn your eyes. It's light doesn't give you cancer. Fuck the sun. Um, yeah, no, fuck the sun. You heard it here first. Oh, that's kind of relevant to... I've been watching the Lord of the Rings TV show, oh, yeah. Rings of Power. And in the latest episode, there was a moment very relevant to fuck the sun. It's pretty good so far. I'm, uh, I, I was worried that it wasn't going to feel like uh, Lord of the Rings, maybe. It would feel like some like generic like Game of Thrones knockoff-esque like in a Middle-earth type setting. But it really, uh, most of the okay. time, feels like... Everything that's going to be historically accurate, like not with like the zombie mutant dragon bullshit, but like how brutal feudalistic times is, is that just going to be considered Game of Thrones knockoff? Because no. I don't feel like that should be the case. Because feud the feudalistic age was a very dark time. It was a rough going. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I thought that um, with the popularity of that show, it might end up being something that turns into well let's do what they did except with a different skin on it and it mostly feels like um it feels more like lord of the rings at times than the hobbit movies did to me yeah the hobbit movies had a very forced feeling although smog was still awesome smog, that was the main it had good moments it had good yeah. moments but what's up with all the fucking singing like i know there was singing lord of the, the rings is big on singing but dude, I did not. Re I don't remember the goblin singing in the in the book. I don't remember that. I legitimately don't remember that. I don't remember. You know what? Actually, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I need to uh, reread the Lord of the Rings books. You know, and that's another thing I got to make a real quick complaint, Lee, since we're on this subject. Real I read quick the complaint Hobbit in the fifth grade, and okay. I made a ninety-five on that AR test. AR test for super easy. I remember half of the shit that I feel like I should. AR was bupkis. And by the way, I have all those AR points. Still can't spend them. What the fuck? The points don't matter. It's they not don't. just King of the World, chap. They don't. Yeah. That's what we'll do. We'll sign AR points. But you matter. You, the listener, the viewer out there. And for that, you we say matter. thank you. Yeah, you matter. Trust me. Because you stop by. And if you, and by the way, if you're a fourth-time watcher, thanks. Big thanks. You should leave us a comment and let us know where you're from. Yeah. Or say hello from wherever. Exactly. Ashburn, Richardson, Houston, Waco, Brussels, Boardman, San Francisco, Belgium, France. We had Ireland. 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 Huh? Hey, thank you all. We're having a lot of fun doing it. I was say, yeah, they heard that we were, know that we're looking. Like, oh, God. No, I think that, um, I think it's the I opposite. I think it's cool when you hear, when you're acknowledged. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends on the person, probably. I would say, yeah, it can vary. Some people just like to lurk. Nothing wrong with that. Lurking. Well, I had a way to segue to talk about sneaking out of the house. Not everything needs a segue. Just say, hey, I got no, something. No, no, no. That was the reason I thought of it earlier today. I was like, this will go directly into what you wanted to talk about today. Right, right. What you got? What you got there? I'm trying to remember it now. Um, oh, I see. Now that's, that's different. Oh, yes. So today on King of the World Chat, so Garrett and I were talking about the other day, and I was like, well, what do you feel like you want to talk about this week? And he says, I want to talk about decisions, choices that we make 
in games oh, and why it's that. more fun. Not just like in the context of like choices everywhere. It's not going to be like a history of all of the choices that you can make in all of the games and a listing of all of those. You can find that stuff on the internet elsewhere. Okay. This is more of a why, as you put it the other day, why is it more fun to usually pick the the quote the renegade path the bad choice why is that more fun because that's what games are supposed to be about it's right. fun a lot of companies seem to have forgotten that when they make games these days but that's what it's all rooted in if it's not having a good time what the fuck is the game doing you know yeah, what i mean are you there exactly and a lot of times those choices uh end up not mattering at all it turns out hey funny tidbit I'm, i say that and i'm in the rg tournament right now oh yes he's playing world of warcraft yeah, something to do. I, I just talked to you. That's the I, something I, I to do. do. Thing, dude. It's like a fidget spinner. I'm doing mindless, repetitive things that I don't need to think about. Fair enough. Like, That's what I tell Ninja Cat all the, the time. Keeps the brain active. World of Warcraft keeps the brain active. Ah, dude, I'm just, honestly, I stopped by the RG turn to pick the crap up, like, you know, because I've been collecting the Valiant things, the Valiant seals for the mounts. You've been doing what a lot of people do in uh, WoW these days, just doing a lot of collection stuff. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I've been collecting a bunch of stuff just because it's fun to collect. That's Uh, all I've really done uh, since coming back the latest time. But, dude, I'm I'm about that PvP. Now, my my PvP partner's been trying the new Call of Duty out. It's, once again, Modern Warfare 2 selling again. What a surprise. Because um, they always do what's what works. Why would you gamble on something that you haven't tested versus something that you know will do well? I mean, I guess Valve does it too. So everybody wants to take the safe bet. When you're spending big money like they are on games, it's hard to to not look yeah, at it that way. But dude, the potential. Hey, speaking of people potential. taking a shot on games, do you hear yeah. who's made us their own publisher? No, Donkey. He's a game publisher? Video Game Donkey has just announced his own publisher studio. It's called Big Mode, I think it is. Really now? And there's a lot of people, apparently, who were like... I I thought I saw this... I don't suggest going to the cesspool that is Twitter. But if you do, you should follow King of the World Chat. We're on there now. It's, uh... I think it's King of World Chat is what the Twitter name is. Because King of the World Chat wouldn't fit. But yes. Anyways, I saw a, a comment the other day from somebody, I think it was Bellular, talking about how people were uh, dunking on Dunky, some people, because they weren't, they didn't, like, maybe they didn't trust that he would know what he's talking about just because he makes funny videos. These people must be, like, the the most, like, thick-skulled people that watch his videos and laugh because yeah. Dunky makes great points always, usually, in yeah. his even in the middle of all the memes and the jokes, if there was anybody that was a YouTuber that was just like, hey, I'm going to publish games. He's not developing them. He's basically picking up, you know, he's uh, hooking up developers with uh, with the funds to uh, make the games that they want to make that he wants to see made. I would trust Donkey. Like, if I'm going to give any YouTuber blind trust and say, hey, I will buy your game, I would give, I would take a, that bet on Donkey. Okay. That dude knows games. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not been big into the indie crowd. Me either. But, but that's usually the only place where we see... I, I, I give it a roll. 
Well, the reason I brought it up in the first place is because that's like the only place where you'll see people taking gambles off the back of us saying, oh, everybody just does the same thing and takes the safe bets. Indie studios are where I think we're only places where we'll see people trying new stuff because okay. they don't have as much to lose. Well, yeah, I mean, and usually the game's um, on the much more affordable side. Like, uh, for example, um, which I should really see what that costs on here. I might, I'm about to pop over to Steam. Uh, Wizard Legend, I think it was, which is an indie, a little indie game. Yeah, you showed me. Real fun to play. You know, and it was not expensive. You know, just I think it was like 10, 15 bucks. I think you actually get it on a Humble Bundle, uh, which if you don't know Humble Bundle, go look at Humble Bundle. That You're welcome. If you but, play PC games, chances are you've heard of Humble Bundle, but if you haven't. Oh yeah. But this is for those who haven't. Super good deals. Oh, yeah. We're talking games and choice today. And not, like I said, listing all the different games that have choices, but we're talking about what makes it fun uh, when you are given a choice and how... More often than not, it seems like, as Sargera put it the other day, that uh, doing, taking the the road, well, not the road less traveled. That's usually supposed to be like the good path, right? Like, mm. I like to say, take the narrow path. The, well, the narrow path is usually the one that refers to the the morally good one. So that would be the opposite of what you were saying the other day. What? The narrow path. That's the good path. Well, we were talking about kind of different areas. Like, once again, you, you can't be applying these rules universally to solve. Like, if it was a, if it was like their checkboxes, you can't hit solve all with this one solution. What are you talking about, way. though? Well, I'm just saying if you're comparing it to something I said the other day. No, like, I meant when, we, when you brought this up. You said that why is it more fun to take the bad path usually? Oh, that's what no, I thought no, you no. said. Oh, oh, right, right. Well, no, the bad path, like, now you're talking about a different a different concept. We're talking about what you should do as opposed to what commonly gets done. Now, those are two different viewpoints here. So, like... Okay, I thought you were saying that it's usually more fun to take the, uh, the renegade option. Well, usually it is because you have less rules to follow. Like, for example... If you're like, if you have the choice of playing between a superhero and a villain, one you have to be kind of careful about. It. You can't destroy stuff. You can't hurt anyone. You can't kill the bad guy, no matter what he's doing. You know. That depends on the good guy yeah. as well. Uh, then that may, once again that brings into question: Is he a good guy? Um, which is a different conversation, different can of worms. Come to that later. Deep moral stuff. Right. Philosophy. But we're talking. The classic trope that everybody knows because it's the one that nobody likes because it's unrealistic and no one can live up to, which is someone who does something absolutely perfect. The paragon. right Superman, the real superhero, you know. Who conversely doesn't have any good games. <laughs> exactly, yeah, because, and that's the, and the honest truth of it. Being Superman really, as one would think, not be any fun, but just a lot of work. So... There could be a good Superman game. They just haven't made it yet. There could be. There could be with as many uh, weaknesses they ride him, ride him with nowadays. Well, I mean, even that part aside. Well, before well, we get further into that, I looked at something related to this that I thought would be interesting. Do you remember, did you ever read any of those books when you were a kid? You know, uh, we're kind of getting off the point. I was trying to... I'm not trying to take you away from that. I was just trying to go further back. Say, when did choices in games start? Well, it starts before games. Did you read Dungeons and Dragons? 
even before that. Did you ever read any of those choose your own adventure books? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, because those are basically the first text-based games. Exactly. It's like uh, I I looked that up. I went down a rabbit hole the other day when I was getting ready for the show. Mm -hmm. And this guy, uh, his name, just to credit the guy, uh, because I'm sure he's going to hear this, Edward Packer. He had the idea in like 1970. He was telling bedtime stories to his daughters, and he would always tell them a story about some guy named Pete. I think Pete was like the adventurer that he was talking about. Eventually, he ran out of ideas for stories. So what did he do? He hired the Blizzard riding team. No. He asked his daughters, which would have been probably better than hiring the Blizzard riding team, and said, hey, well, what do you want Pete to do? And... Then he thought, hey, could I turn this into a novel? It took him like five years before he found someone willing to publish those books. And so in 1976, the first one came out. I think it was called The Adventures of You on Sugarcane Island. And then um, they sold like 8,000 copies, which was a lot for that time. Then they became more popular. They got a larger publisher, Bantam Books. It was featured in the New York Times and the Today Show in 1981. And then in the early 90s, the Choose Your Own Adventure books become a dead game. You look at the Steam charts, you search Choose Your Own Adventure novels, and the charts are all... Why? Computer games. Computer games were killing the Choose Your Own Adventure novels. Now, eventually in 1999, they did get bought by a new company, and then they sort of resurface for a little while. But they saw the majority of their like popularity in the 80s. If you aren't familiar with those, this is like you open the book. They were like Western, sci-fi, fantasy, all kinds of stuff. You would it, Also interesting, because everybody knows about first person and third person. This was, if you ever have to explain second person to somebody, these books were written in second person. And that means everything was to you. It would be like, you open the door and you see in front of you a podcast. It's King of the World Chat. What a fantastic podcast. You have the option to turn the screen off and go do anything else. Do you do this? No. Why would you do that? But if you do want to do that, flip to page 76. If you want to uh, expand your uh, knowledge and become a better person and uh, become more attractive to women and men alike and uh, just overall a better person, they continue to watch uh, King of the World chat and leave them a like and subscribe and comment and then go to uh, page 42. And then so basically those books would have alternate endings based on the decisions that you, the reader, made as you went through. They were really cool. I only ever read one of them as a kid that we had in the library uh, at my first school, but it was a really cool experience. I thought it was pretty sweet. And eventually they had, uh, they would put loops, like never ending loops in the book. In some of the books, um, they would have trick endings. There was an ending in one of them. It was called UFO 5440. I think it was, they had a secret cow level ending for everybody out there that knows what a secret cow level is. If you do, leave us a comment saying, hey, I totally got the secret cow. Or just say moo, actually, if you understand the secret cow reference. It was a page. It was an inning you could only get to by cheating. You had to go to that page or flip there on accident. There was no actual page that took you to that level. I mean, to that ending. And like eventually, they, they started off with around like 44 and they had as many as 44 different endings in some of the earlier books. And later on, they had as many as seven. So they sort of got 
uh, more simple as times went on, it seems like, which is what you see in a lot of the games that supposedly let you have choice nowadays. A lot of games will say, oh, look at all these choices that you can make, but more often than not, do the choices actually mean anything? Well, I mean, in a text-based game, only for in the contents of the pages. How do you feel about tech, those old-school text-based games? Why? Why? Yeah, like why? Like I, why? Like, anybody, like you're, you're pretty desperate if you come here. Well, imagine a time before graphics. Um, sure. I mean, that would seem great and fun. When like, I was a kid, I remember stumbling on those, but I would pretty much look for it. You gotta remember... The only time that that little question kind of works is when you know the other side. But if you were back in that time and books were all you had, you would probably think that you had it the best. What do you mean? I mean, what I like what I said, like, you know, you would have no concept of computers or anything like that. So to where you from where you were standing and looking back on how people before you lived, you'd probably thinking like, dang, I got it way better because I can read books. Well, chances are that would be compared to what? Having to wait for somebody to tell you a story basically before that? I guess, yeah, like the old storytellers that sat around the campfire. Or telling your own stories. Yeah, everybody does that, whether they realize it or not. Well, and I think that's where the choose-your-own-adventure and the whole idea of choice of games comes from. What makes those games interesting is when you play a game that has decisions that can go different ways. It's like you play it, you talk to your friends, and you see how different it was from when they played it. And those, like, choices can happen at, like, a large scale, like, uh, with, like, branching, you know, endings and different pathways that can affect the game overall. Or it could be, like, a more, like, a... Something like Red Dead Redemption 2, where you have like an honor system or the old like Star Wars games, anyone where you could play as a Jedi pretty much. It was like if you did bad things, then your slider would go over towards the dark side. And then like uh, that can affect everything, like every, the way people, yeah. NPCs talk to you and stuff. And so you were saying before all this that you think that the freedom that comes with being able to decide what you want to do versus having to follow some kind of code and be a paragon yeah. is a more fun gameplay experience more often than not you think less rules more freedom generally equals a better time which because is why I'm it, sorry, leaves the person, it leaves the person up to kind of it lets them create what they want for them like exactly what they want for themselves As which is why we were sneaking out of the house every night when we were teenagers yeah <laughs> this As is why i had that originally now, there are plenty of people who also, though, do not enjoy that. Like It stresses would, them out. Exactly. Because, yeah, well, let's be honest, it is a burden to create. Like, it's Even fun. to have to choose is a burden sometimes. Yeah. Like, and if you're really, like, if for those of you, like, really create, like, mean, create something, not, like, just sculpt or something, but, like, try to conceive of a concept for, like, maybe a book you're writing or anything along those lines, you kind of get what I'm talking about. It's... When you actually take the time to make something and have, give it structure and so, a way that if someone reads it and can understand it, that is a, that is a skill, like for sure. There's an art to it as well. Yeah, ex exactly. So like not a lot of people like all that pressure that comes with doing that. And they would rather follow along a story that someone else made, which is nothing wrong with that at all. If sure. that didn't exist, nobody would have video games at all. 
So be appreciative if you feel a certain way about that. When a game gives you choice, what do you think makes that a what good makes the choice matter? Really, is what you're asking, right? Well, what I was going to say, just in general, what is it about choices in games that you think are good or bad? Like, And it sounds like you've hit the head on. I think the most important part, does it mean anything, the choice or not? It feels really bad when the choice doesn't mean anything and you find out later on, right? That feels shitty, I think, to everyone. Yeah. Okay, so it's also like this. Another thing about it is games like that let you kind of help you figure things out about yourself. You know, sometimes, like, you know, it's like you kind of figure out like you ever tried like where a game that does have like a bad, good slider, like where you would kind of like, eh, like, for example, the first time you play Red Dead Redemption 2, when I did a playthrough where I was like, OK, I'm going to try to just to see what how I would decide everywhere, not try to make a decision based off like which one I think is I'm supposed to be the role I'm following. Sure. I would just be like, and generally do the slider kind of ended up, you know, it, it tilted heavier to the right side, but it wasn't, I wasn't perfect, you know, yeah. like definitely a gray, a very, not super dark gray or anything, but you know, gray. So it, it, you kind of learn like little things about that, like yourself, or if you like, you have an option of like where you have professions, like where you learn, like maybe you would rather paint a picture than build a sculpture, or you'd rather try to make a machine that worked rather than, Say, like, carving a bow and arrow. Like, you know, it's little little nuances about your personality that you'll learn, like, you prefer this activity because it's outside. You prefer this activity because it's indoors. You prefer this activity because enter whatever for X. And that speaks you to the, the, the skill of the design of the game and that it lets you express you, yourself. Exactly. Or you could even play it a certain way and be like, well, I'm not playing as I would. I'm playing this guy as an outlaw. You know what I mean? So it's going to yeah. be like, and that adds a lot of replay value and that really makes you remember the game better. And I think, like you said, speaks to a better game. And those aren't necessarily massive decisions that have to come up in the game. It's like, you know, little things. Oftentimes the little ones are the ones that give you that best fleshing out of yeah. the character. And that's what I think a lot of games are starting to figure out is they need to give the players more choice. But however, not the, uh, not the first person shooters. Oh, well, it's hard to do that in a shooter. Dude, because, well, it's just a basic, it's a pretty basic idea, basic game, like, GoldenEye is going to be just what it always is. It's going to be great because of what it is, you know? Those games have decisions. Shooters are. Those games, important. sometimes the decision doesn't have to be narrative. Sometimes you could play a game like Stealth versus Going in Guns Blazing. That's like, a, it's a different kind of decision, obviously. Yeah. Sometimes a game's decision is like overcooked. And you're like, well, do I go over here and do I put this pan on the burner and get this rice cooking or is my girlfriend going to uh, throw things at me because I chose to do something else you have to be careful when you play overwatch I mean I overwatch overcooked with uh <laughs> with your, uh, with your I, was like, dude, I was like I'm not following this I'm like, I'm, you I'm never played like, overcooked though overcooked is great <laughs> but your decisions can have consequences in real girl. life there this is what I'm saying which can affect your your health depending on how far away you're sitting. Sometimes the decisions that come up in games and the choices that we're quote-unquote allowed to make uh, don't actually mean anything at all, and it uh, ends up being for nothing. 
What do you think of when you think of, like, when you think of a decision in a game, like, what comes out to you first? Like, which game, what decision, what's the first thing you think of? Or what stands out to you the most when you think about games that you've played that had decision components like that? For me, it's uh, whenever I'm playing a game like that, so, like, what I would say, like, Skyrim VR. Skyrim. To be honest, I kind of have, like, you know, because that's a decision game, essentially. No, absolutely. So, like, and especially when you mod it. Like, so, when it comes down to stuff like that, I kind of outline my, what the role that, or in that case of Skyrim VR, the kind of skin that I was trying to get in and feel, and try to feel what it was like to be, Enter X. Like, so the first time, like, when I tried to play as, like, a paladin, like a true crusader of the light, and which was actually way more violent than I realized. Like, that sounds about right. Paladins are pretty violent. Uh, dude, Crusades are super violent. Dude, Crusaders, LSC. There was, uh, I ended up actually destroying uh, two towns because of, like, that was just the logic and reasoning behind. I was like, nope. This action is unacceptable. This entire town has to go. Because that, that was the rule. You finish When you finish the main quest, or the quest for that area, mm-hmm. you know, when you're pretty much done and, like, that embassy no longer serves any purpose, the freedom to kill them comes up. And, yeah. Except for Nazim. Nazim always comes back. And I made sure that the guard, there's a nice little mod to make sure the guards don't react. And see... That's an interesting point as well, because that always really bothered me about the the Elder Scrolls games are great because another weird point real quick. The Death Knight, when I played a Death Knight, Mm -hmm. it was more tame than the Paladin run, because most of the time, like you're concealing rather than just openly destroying towns with the undead, you know, like you have to really like in your mind, you have to pick and choose because. There's Stendar uh, disciples walking around everywhere. Like exposing yourself could get you into a lot of trouble real quick. Now, exposing yourself uh, can get you in a lot of trouble really oh, quick. Yeah, don't do that. Um, but you know stuff like that. So like I found the the Death Knight role to be more more of a tame role than the Paladin role, which is like, and then you have Barbarian, and Barbarian was fun because Barbarian. Seen- I'm sorry, I can't get off of it thinking about the expo. Do you have you seen the? Uh, I haven't seen it all the way through, but I saw the intro where Nathan from Nathan for You was like talking about his like escape artist act that he was working on, and he was like gonna try to get out of like it was like a Houdini style like I'm gonna get out of this. Oh, okay. And if he didn't in time, then his like clothes would get ripped off in front of a bunch of children. Oh, and there was God. a cop standing by to arrest him. Wow. What the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> it's, that's why Austin loved that guy, man. <laughs> I'm going to assume he didn't get I'm going to assume he made it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard about Nathan getting arrested. And that was the last time we ever heard of Nathan. Well, it's funny that you brought up the Elder Scrolls games because... Uh, for multiple reasons here, but I think they hit some big points that I wanted to ask you about on this whole subject. You have both the macro and the micro level decisions that I, is what I'm going to call it for lack of a better way to say it right now um, in an Elder Scrolls game, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
do you prefer, I start to say, do you prefer the ones, like, at the beginning of Skyrim, and I know you're playing the modded game, so it was not about the main quest line, but you have to pick at one point early on. I didn't play much of Skyrim, but I remember you have to decide whether you're going to help, like, the, what is it, the Nords, or you're going to yeah, go against the them, right? the Empire. Yeah, and that, like, affects... The Empire all day, sure. every day. That largely affects, like, the ending and all that, like, the, the main path that the game is going to go on, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it decides, like... It, it, like mostly what I would say, it changes a few aesthetics mostly. And that's what I'm saying is exactly. It's like, it seems like a massive decision the way they put it in the game. Ultimately, you don't see a whole lot of difference a lot of the time with those right. big decisions in games. Like, which I think it irritates some people, usually after the fact. Like, it's fun while you're playing it. And then looking back on it, you'll see articles written where people are like, well, actually, your choice didn't matter at all in that game because, you know. This still happens or this happens. And like, that's the macro level of, like, making a decision in a game. And a lot of times, like you said, even though those seem like big decisions, what the game wants you to think, they're not necessarily that big. It'll Or, like you really only end up with like a few, a handful of possible endings that way. Then you've got like the micro level uh, decisions, which is also in the Elder Scrolls games in, do you kill this NPC or not? Do you sneak? Do you run in and bash things? Do you use arrows? Do you use magic? Like the game lets you make a lot of choices. Is essentially one answer answered three different ways. Well, no, that that's just the play style. I mean, like, right. you you have every time there's a quest line, are, how are you going to do it? Like, are you going to kill everybody? Are you going to, like, I just mean there's yeah. smaller ways that don't have impact on the end of the game necessarily. But yeah, that game emphasizes both of those. One of the things that I thought was very cool when I first, the first more uh, Elder Scrolls game I ever played was Morrowind. And before that, I had never played a game. I was like, holy shit, this is like, and I hadn't even really played, I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons at that point in my life either. But I remember being amazed at like how much you could like, choose to do in an Elder Scrolls game and how little it gave you specifically in Morrowind because you didn't have like it was like you open up that quest log and you look and it'll be like go west from this and it's like giving you directions like back in the day before map quest when you'd have to be like well you go down on main and you turn left at the second bridge and then it's right at the picket fence and you know what I mean it's like these old school directions that are super hard to follow sometimes it was Landmark hard based exactly and that was the way you had to get around. i remember being like god damn this game was something else but then you get into that and you're like you know what fuck it like you said i'm gonna kill this whole town and then you do it and then you get to that npc that won't die and then it's like you're not allowed to kill this person or later on what they started doing was they would die but they, or they don't die they just knock out and they get back up right yep and they have to do that, otherwise you softlock the game, or do they? Should they, in a game that is about decisions and making your own world, should they let you softlock yourself? Yes. 
I agree. Because <laughs> it's like, it feels bad. It is that whole thing yeah. that I was saying earlier when it's like, oh, my decision is to kill this mother. And then exactly they don't die. Like, and then you're like, you can't do this. It's like, I don't You can't it. get ye flask. <laughs> I get ye flask. You can't get ye flask. <laughs> Why can't I get ye flask? Because I said you don't get ye flask. <laughs> Give the Carrick a cold one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i just Which wanted to ask you form of an orc by the way oh the carrick i thought it was more like an ogre which takes us back to the first like, episode yeah, no, it's just still an ogre is just a larger orc pretty much no it depends because then there's a lot of universes where there, there wouldn't be a machnathal in warcraft if there wasn't a difference between the two Okay, but you're using Warcraft as your base. No, there's a lot of games where the ogre is not the same thing as, like, that's like saying, yeah, they're both mammals if that is how they're classified in that particular right. world. I mean, say that, that, that's basically what I'm getting at because, you know, goblins are the same well, thing. Well, hey, that's why I always say humans are animals because we don't have plant cells. So Yeah, I know. Like, that's, well, that no, that's literally why we are animals. Like I know, I'm just saying well, you go far enough back. For monkeys, but once again, well, I'm just saying you literally get to the molecular level and it's either plant cells or animal cells, and hey, you don't have plant cells, you're an animal. Which is hilarious because... At least know, in Kingdom Eukarya, but that's more biology than anybody wants to know for now. <laughs> you know what that made me realize? What's that? In the idea of a perfect uh, world, basically in the perfect conditions, mm -hmm. essentially nature creates humans. So does that in like for druids in the Emerald Dream, they think, oh, this is perfect. This is what happens if humanoids don't exist. And it's like, uh, no, this is what the planet does when it wants to create humans. Ugh, I feel like the druids got that one backwards a little. Well, I could talk more than you want to hear about that. But why? Because you don't it's not like you get to a perfect world if you end up with humans. You end up with humans under certain conditions, which evolution... Well, I mean, would those not be what a human would consider perfect conditions? Where it shows up and comes into reality? What, to make humans? It has to be perfect reality? No, no. I mean, would a human not consider the conditions on which it gets created to be considered Well, perfect? sure. Yeah, no, of course. So, like... By that reasoning and that perspective. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, because, like, you wouldn't say we live in a perfect, you're human. You wouldn't no, say no, we no. live in a perfect but universe. Don't with, like, that time has passed because, once again, the, the only way humans get created now is by other humans. Life is a gas, but that <laughs> gas has passed. Essentially, yes. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Shout out to the first episode, Blivitz. And to Dino Spumoni. Dino's Bimoni. That was when he was all depressed and he's writing that song about it's time for my last bow. Yeah, I remember. Man, hey Arnold was a good show. Uh, pow, so, right? And we were talking about this a little bit the other night, and I wanted to touch on this as well. It's like, so you we agree that like a lot of times the the most freedom is the one that is less restricted which is usually the morally good path, it seems like, if you're in a game where it's like Renegade versus Paragon. And you take that to its extreme and you end up with someone like Deadpool. <laughs> or yep. like... Um, Lore-breaking and boring. Which does... You and I... Like, Deadpool, the movie's funny. Like, the comics, yeah, it's, it's funny at times. Deadpool's one of those things that I want to enjoy in clips or, like... 
in small doses because it's just it gets like you said it gets old for me like i'm just realizing that this episode is probably going to irritate some people which it is what it is we're trying to be straight up here we're gonna irritate people like Uh, like, well because people want to i think people want to believe that their choices do matter and i think that a lot of times uh, they don't i see where this is gonna go then well, no, I mean, like, I'm going to talk about Mass Effect, and a lot of people were pissed off about Mass Effect when Mass Effect uh, 3 came out. Yeah, Drowned or whatever. It's only got eight endings. Like, you sell that game as, like, hey, you get to make all of these decisions throughout all three games, and the decisions are always going to carry over, and your ending is not going to be like anyone else's. And then it turns out that when you examine most of those decisions most of the time, then this is what's going to upset people. I'm sorry. Like if you have all those decisions, I don't know how many there are. You could go back and you could count all those and you only end up with eight possible endings and you made a tree out of all that. Then most of those paths, which were decisions went nowhere or didn't matter. Yeah. No, they're, they're all the same because essentially the only answer they, the only question they could answer was, is this character here at the end? Yes or no. And that's usually what it comes down to. You get one of a few big endings, and then the variation is, well, who's there? What NPC do they swap into the the cinematic? And to be fair, the Witcher, I mean, uh, not the Witcher, Witcher 3 is what I was going to go there in a second. The Mass Effect, fantastic game. I don't remember the second one that much. I know I played it, and I didn't play the third one at all, which is, like I said, which is what's going to upset people even more because it's like, how are you going to talk about this game if you didn't play? It's like, look, The Witcher 3, similar deal. There are a lot of decisions in The Witcher 3. You could carry over your save from The Witcher 2. I looked at an article earlier today where they examined five of the decisions that you can make in The Witcher 2 and do they carry over or not to The Witcher 3. Almost all of them doesn't matter. By the time you get to The Witcher 3. When it does show up, it's basically in a reference, like a, a one dialogue line reference. The only one that has major impact on the game is, uh, you know, the big guy, The Witcher, who's the, he's like, he's built like an ogre. Uh, Leto, the one yeah. that's, uh... Hey, this is Hydemore. Originally, I was going to give you a spoiler alert for The Witcher 2. But then I realized the part that I'm talking about spoiling actually happens in the opening cinematic of the game. I haven't actually played all the way through The Witcher 2. This is a terrible spoiler alert. In fact, if you've made it this far into the video, then you should just leave us a comment saying, Hey, that was a terrible spoiler alert. You and I will know what you meant. And for that, we say thank you. Now back to the podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. The one that actually assassinates the king in The Witcher 2, spoiler mm-hmm. alert. If you haven't played it, like it's super old at this spoiler point, I'm sorry. The spoiler, by the way. What? Spoiler alerts are supposed to come before the spoiler. That's the magic of editing. I can put that in after the fact. All right. With letters to the editor. He basically shows up in The Witcher 3 based on your save file, or he doesn't, If you, uh, depending on what happens in The Witcher 2. And that's the only one that carries over. And The Witcher 3 basically has three main endings, and you can get to some different endings depending on some of the decisions that you made. That's what I was going to say earlier when, you were, when I asked you, what do you think of when you think of decision in games? I always think of that fucking mission where the thing under the tree, wants you to bring it like 
Oh yeah. Some like raven feathers and a horse's heart or like, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, this yeah. thing is obviously evil. <laughs> like this yeah. is a ritual that it wants me to, but it was fantastic. It's like, th there's a whole town that gets wiped out whether or not you make a decision in that game. And you see that and it has weight and that feels good in a game. That is a decision done right. Even if it doesn't drastically change the ending of the game, like that's what I think of when I think of decisions that matter in games. Other ones is like the Telltale games. And a lot of times I looked at the Game of Thrones one recently, not recently. I looked at the, uh, the possible endings from it. It only ever got one season or whatever they called it. And essentially the endings came down to it was like 16 total, but basically they were all variations of a or B for three different decisions. And it was mostly, does this happen or does this happen? And then are, is this character with you or this one at the end? And largely they don't matter. There's a lot of people that were really upset about the uh, Walking Dead one. And they were like, oh, basically. And if you think about it, like, and you consider like, you would end up with a, it would take way, way, way too long to actually do justice to making every decision carry all the way to the end and showing up as a difference, right? But if that's what you advertise, that's what you should provide. Exactly. And that is what is selling the selling point for a lot of these games a lot of time. And also what's probably going to upset people that look back at some of those games that we've listed and think like, you know, it's like, hey, like it is what it is. If it, it they were fun experience. And that's the same thing with The Walking Dead. I played The Walking Dead uh, season one or the Telltale version. It was a lot of fun. You feel like your decisions matter in that game. Even if you get done and you look back and you see a tree of everything, then maybe you look at it and go, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't that much of a decision. But it doesn't feel that way when you play it once. And I'm going to be honest, I have never gone back and played one of those games enough to like see that for myself anyway, to for that to ruin it for me. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the only way. For me, it's just not enough replay value. But you do get replay value from games when it's like The Witcher, right? Effect, Dragon's Age. Dragon's uh, Age was fantastic. Yeah, the first was. one at least. Didn't play the second one. I started Dragon Inquisition. Dragon was a slasher. Yeah, I know. I started really? Inquisition, but I've never played much of it. The, re the most recent one, which is pretty old itself now. But those were fantastic. <sighs> Let's see. But they really do add replay value to the game. When it feels good, when the, like something like Red Dead Redemption, um... The Witcher, some of those games, you really, when the decision feels like it has weight and means something, that adds replay value. Sometimes the choices are just strictly for like mechanical things too, or for loot. Yeah. Like you, you take something like Bioshock, the first one, and it's like, do you harvest the little sisters or do you save them? It effectively doesn't matter all that much. Like uh, the amount of Adam that you end up with, because that was the whole point, right? So if you save the little sisters, then you're not supposed to get any Adam for it. And because of uh, Tenenbaum or whatever her name is at the end, like you end up with more, I think, even than you get. So it doesn't matter all that much. And the endings, the quote endings that you get in the good versus the bad for Bioshock, which is another fantastic game, doesn't... Like, they're so short that it's almost like... Dude, the first one was good. The other ones were... Eh. Second one I liked. I liked the second one. Eh, Third one I was not a big I fan of. I did not enjoy the second one. I got the second straight. one where you were the big daddy? That one was cool. Yeah, dude, that one, it, I just... It didn't... It wasn't cool. as cool as the first one, but it was definitely better than the third dude, one for me. the first one was, like, scary. Like, that yeah. one, like... 
Well, it's because you're a big daddy. You are the danger in the second one. Oh, I see. That's not that's not what I play Bioshock for, though. No, but it's just a different spin on going back to that universe. But either way, you and I would agree, which a lot of people wouldn't, that um, the what is it? Arkham? Is that what it's called? Is that the name of the uh, Arkham series for Batman? No, no, no. What is the name of the? Um, no, it's it's uh, the name of the city. The name of the city. In it's what? not Arkham. It's uh, the name of the city under the water. Rapture. Oh. The Rapture setting under the water is much cooler than the Bioshock Infinite. I did not like all the colorful, like, the whatever the third one. I Like, the third one I played probably at least. Too much like a carnival. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. If, I didn't care for all the... Well, there's steampunk in the first one, too, but that one was... Mm. It had that, like, it seemed like Gotham City to me. That's what it reminded me of the first time I played it. I was like, really? this, yeah, it, dude, it looked like the uh, Batman mm. the Animated Series City mm. of Gotham if it was under the water. That's yeah. what I felt like, uh, Rapture felt like. Mm. The architecture of the, the buildings and the lights and stuff, I absolutely. I can't see it. I don't care if you can't see it. You're wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. I, you, you, you're challenging me. I'm going to put them side by side sure. in the video and I'm going to show you how like the, it's got like that Gothic style. Green, Boy Scout. They look more similar than you're allowing for. I think you're stretching on that one. Sometimes you have like uh, the Jedi games where like it affects you mechanically and in the story in a very meaningful way. As in like you get force lightning versus like, and in that one, it was hard because it's like, man, the dark side powers are so much cooler than like force absorb. I'm like, so on one side you get force grip and like <laughs> lightning. And on the other side, you get force absorb. <laughs> Heal. Yeah. Meditate. Which is funny because the Metachlorian heal should be on the dark side. Saying to be lore, more lore friendly. Well, and the truth is, like a Sith or a Jedi. Nerd out there. Well, actually, according to this book, uh, Disney ruled all those out. Sorry, you're wrong now. That's true. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> but then they made Obi-Wan, so. Which I, I didn't watch, it. but I heard bad I things about it. I haven't watched it. I just heard that it was really bad, and I've seen enough bad Star Wars. So Yeah, I was going to say, the whole last trilogy. I feel bad for this generation. At least 7 and 8, I was not a huge fan of. I never even saw 9, because... <laughs> yeah, no, dude, because... No, I saw 9. Because I, I read nine. what happens in 9. You did? Yeah, I saw 9. I didn't the, watch the, 9. The part where I almost walked out is when they... Like, at first, they did make Sidious look creepy. I'll give him thumbs up on that. Like, Sidious did look creepy as hell. I've only Which, ever read it. Huh? I've only ever read about it. I still haven't watched it. Well, it's just that when he does, like, the whole, like, absorbing thing, and he, like, has he throws Sith lightning in the air, and it's, like, making spaceships crash, and it's, like, TIE fighters and everything are falling. It's like, dude, seriously? Was it ultimate <laughs> power? Yeah, they redid it. I was like, "Does he say it again?" I dude, I'm gonna be honest. I cringe so hard. I think my ear canal shut up. Which I'm gonna be honest. There's one thing I have a problem with. If Mace Windu was still alive, 
I feel like Boba Fett would definitely go after him. Oh, yeah. Boba Fett would go after him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's my biggest problem with... Um, with what? With the book of Boba Fett at first when I sat down to watch it, which I do not no, have really. many problems with. I, I, I love that show. It's fantastic. But yeah, I was like... I enjoyed that show. At the end of The Mandalorian, I was like... Why would Boba Fett, like, want to rule? And then when you see the backstory of him and it's like uh, when he was, like, with the with the Sand Raiders and all that, and then he's sort of, like, getting revenge against the uh, seedy underbelly of, uh, like, Tatooine. And, and, like, I could see that then. But at first I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like something he would want to do. I feel like he would be more like, a, I'm going to go now and do whatever I want kind of thing. Gotcha. It's like, well, no, it's like he's finally getting to the point where it's like, I'm done working for everyone who's going to, someone's going to get me killed. Yeah. Like, yeah, he I just got done now. crawling out of a Sarlacc pit. Like, yeah, no, no, he's, he's done working for someone else. Which is normal, anyone who would in that position. Well, I thought about it, and when we make the point about Deadpool and how it's like, well, if you take being able to do what you want all the time to its extreme and there's, like, no consequences for anything that happens, yeah. then that gets really boring, I think. Maybe not. Like, um, and I think there are people that will hear that and think, no, if I could do whatever I wanted to all the time and have zero consequences, then yeah, I, it's, it's just they easy. won't be able to conceive of that being a bad situation. But yeah, I think genuinely that would be ultimately like, it'd be like Groundhog's Day. And maybe that is like a, it's a pretty dark movie at times, but eventually it ends up being like, hey, he starts doing other things because yeah. doing, doing what he wanted to he ultimately it dries up pretty quickly as far as uh, being a good time. Oh, yeah. Temporary solution. It's, I think it's human nature to want to contribute and create, to feel a part of something bigger than oneself. You know, we've been talking about like things that have way to mean something, but was it literally the intro of our show with like, welcome to King of the world chat where the points don't matter. Like, why yeah, are we trying to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's a joke. That's I know. But like, I just, I, it struck me as heavily ironic for some reason, which I don't think is the proper term of irony. It but is ironic because the points literally mean something else from what they could mean. Other than literal intention. Yeah. Huh. So huh. we have actual it irony. Is ironic. Which is not what they meant in that show that you said that we definitely did not copy to the people in the legal department. Dude, just cut it out in editing. Forget no, yeah, he didn't no, say no, no. that. Definitely do that because you made that freaking edit at the end of the last video. You're like, so come on. What edit? Don't give me that garbo. Garbo. Whereas we uh, truly would say down here in Texas, basura. Basura. I think I should have chilled my eye there. Basura. No, you Sura. said it right. You said it right. That's Spanish for trash. There's your Spanish word for the day. Basura. Tell your friend they're trash and they won't even know what you're saying. Tu basura. There you go. 